The world is changing at a rapid pace. But how do we ensure that new technologies not only create a better sustainable world, but also keep the rapidly digitizing world safe? Tasks are getting digitized, virtual collaboration is the new norm. Generative AI is disrupting all in its path. To stay relevant, companies and brands should move in a new direction. But how can they secure themselves? In Chats of Change, we tackle these important questions with experts in the field. My name is Emily Arni, and today we will explore this subject with two experts here. On my left, Wim Schuding, uh, Director of Security at Krelang Cooperative Bank in Belgium. And on my right, Mark uh, van den Wauver, Business Director, Cybersecurity at Digital Business Partner, Ardina. Welcome to the both of you. Thank you for joining this discussion. Thank you. To know my guests better, I'm always curious. I'm asking some questions about their background, your study, your previous work experience. So, Wim, I'm going to start with you because I understand that you have a PhD in physics. So, how did you end up in this role? Yeah, that's a question I often get. So, yes, indeed, I'm a master in physics. And after that, I studied, uh, uh, made my PhD in physics. To be more specific, I did my study on uh, electron microscopy. So, yes, I, I use it every day now. <laughs> uh, and so when I did my PhD, it's always a bit, yeah, it's not direct impact. Huh? So you study something and then you see, okay, maybe in 10, 20 years it can be used. Um, and when I was halfway, I, I'd start doubting, okay, will I finish it or not? In the end, I decided to do it uh, and to, to finish it up. But uh, then for me, it was clear that I wanted to have a, a job which uh, has more direct impact where I did see direct results of what uh, I was doing. Um, so, I, yeah, we are having interviews uh, here and there. And then AXA Bank uh, came, uh, came along. I could start there as an uh, IT uh, analyst. So... Uh, Voila, I did start there in 2000, uh, 2001 um, and then yeah, I grew up, uh, did several jobs there. To make a, a long story short, uh, over the years uh, more and more of my other responsibilities uh, got away and then in 2016 I had to make the choice, okay, uh, will I continue with security or not? I was two years busy with security and it took my and catch my interest uh, more and more interest. So I decided then uh, to become the head of uh, head of security of AXA Bank at uh, at that time, um, and it kept growing. Uh, and then 2018, I also got the responsibility there for uh, data privacy and with the GDPR that uh, came in place. Um, and then yeah, in 2019, there came the news that AXA Bank uh, would be sold. And then uh, end of 2021, it uh, finally was there. And then uh, in 2022, I was appointed director for the for the two banks, uh, for Kerelan and uh, AXA Bank. Um, voilà, and that's uh, where I'm now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. An impressive resume, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Mark, you have been working in cybersecurity at Ordina for seven years now. Yes. Um, do you happen to have a completely different background as well? I wouldn't say completely different. Uh, I started off my career in uh, in chip design, uh, but then I guess one of the first things I had to work on was a chip for cryptography. And then so cryptography gained my interest, and so then I immediately switched from crypto into computer security okay. and so I've uh, been working the last uh, 33 years in the field of 
computer sec- or cybersecurity. There's been so many names that we call it. <laughs> information security. You can call it anything you want. It's, These days it's cyber resilience. Huh? Cyber resilience. That's the, yeah. And now I have a question for the both of you. I already mentioned that I'm a little bit curious. How do you... Um, cope with, with cybersecurity in your private atmosphere? How, how do you do, Mark? Well, I make sure there's all... I, did, I taught my wife and my kids two things. That's one, they always have to enable multi-factor wherever service they use. So that means that you don't authenticate just with a password, but also with a second device or wow. something else. And the second thing is, uh, and that's even more uh, techy, is I'm I manage their computers, and they don't have admin rights, so that they cannot accidentally do something wrong. So, if you have admin rights, you can do anything on a computer. If you don't, then the chance that you do something wrong also decreases yeah. rapidly. Yeah, I see it in the daily life. Uh, so. Connecting to Wi-Fi, certainly see that they don't use public uh, mm-hmm. networks. So, yeah. And also, I focus really on taking backups. Um, so yep. I know it's important to have the, the backups. So I have all kinds of backups. Uh, <laughs> you have a backup uh, for your backup? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, only, the only thing is that I'm the only person knowing this. So if something happens to me, I don't hope so, of course. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, nobody else uh, knows where the backup is of the backup. Oh. Um, yeah. All right. And it's also I, I, protected I, with multi-factor authentication. Uh, so. Well, I'm using one of those commercial password managers, one password where you have the, the legacy option. So in well, case that something happens to me, my wife will get all the instructions, all my yeah, okay. access. That's a, that's a good, uh, good tip. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep those in mind for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're a bit more familiar with each other. Um, let's move on to uh, the subject of today of our Chats of Change, cybersecurity. It is of utmost importance that companies invest in their cyber safety. Um, We all read in the papers um, what happened with TVH. TVH was plagued by a cyber attack in the second half of March that brought the company down for about two and a half weeks. And it emerged that the attack cost TVH about 85 million euros in revenue. These are quite impressive numbers, two and a half weeks, 85 million euros. To be successful in this profession, your background is therefore not decisive. No, which knowledge, but also which skills as a cybersecurity professional do you think is uh, especially relevant? No, uh, certainly not. It's for me, it's uh, when hiring people, it's not a criteria. Um, I must say, of course, not always a criteria because in my in my team, I have several responsibilities. Huh? So my team is actually split in uh, a rather technical uh, team, uh, which is doing oversight uh, on IT security. So my position is not located within the IT environment, but within the risk environment. So I do oversight on, on security. Of course, we have IT security teams as well. But in, in my team, like I said, so I have um, a technical team, which is coping with IT security and physical security oversight. And then I have also a team which is um, more within uh, everything related to governance, risk compliance uh, and operational resilience. And I have also a data privacy team. Of course, in the IT security team there, the technical skills, of course, are important. Huh? Um, But um, yeah, in my team, we're mainly focusing on on writing policies, uh, doing the security strategy, giving security advice, but also doing controls and compliance reporting. Uh, And 
beside the technical skills, uh, which are not always needed, it's more about uh, the risk, the risk mindset. Uh, do you know the risks? How to cope with it? How to make actions uh, to it? Uh, how to report on it uh, on an aggregated way? Uh, but also, yeah, the challenging. Uh, doing controls uh, requires challenging. Uh, don't believe everything they say to you. Uh, and also see that you have the right prioritization set. So it's more on those types of skills that are also focused during interviews um, rather than uh, pure technical skills. Yeah. Because I believe, and that's my personal belief, the technical skills you can learn. Mm. Uh, the other skills are more difficult to learn. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? I have to agree with that statement because that's, yeah, to me, then I don't ask about technical skills during interviews because those are asked by other members of the team in prior interviews. And mm -hmm. I just go for the attitude of the, of the person. Uh, of course, if they want to become a pen tester, they have to have certain skills. Mm -hmm. That's uh, undoubtable. But... Uh, they may be the best pen tester if they can't explain to the business or to the client what the problem is that they found. They're not going to be successful uh, at their job. So to me, it's it's not, people that understand they still have a lot to learn. They already get a step ahead uh, yeah. with me. People that come in and say, yeah, I'm the best of the world and you're lucky to have me. That's, that's <laughs> I'm going to work with that, that scares me because yeah, I, I told you I've been in the field for 33 years and I'll be the first to say I don't know everything. Mm. I'm still learning every day. So it's uh, and it's that attitude being because some people they cannot uh, forecast in the next few weeks or months what exactly it is that they're going to have to face mm -hmm. in cybersecurity. Uh, yes, you have to do some planning. I'm sure we will agree with that. But any day there can be a sudden change mm -hmm. as we talk about it here. And you have to be able to morally uh, react to that change in a calm way because if you don't stay calm, then it actually will be a disaster. Uh, but as you said, that TVH, yes, uh, they weren't waiting for that to happen, but it can happen any day. And when it happens, yes, you have to make that uh, switch internally and you have to focus on that priority, knowing that yes, yes, some of your other priorities will have to be postponed. Yeah. So the attitude is important, but the mindset as well. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. have to have a, a mindset, change. The mindset is mindset. Uh, mindset is really important, yeah. and also, of course, uh, how a person fits in the team, yeah? uh, because you seek uh, to complementary uh, mm -hmm. people in the team. So that's also an important focus. Yeah, a change maker's mindset um, is therefore becoming increasingly important in the world that is changing faster and faster. Um, now, in which areas do you see other changes in, in, in rapid succession? It's a constant change. Huh? So uh, cybersecurity, like I said, I started the story in 2014. Uh, of, of course, at that moment, it became more already more and more important. And you see a rapid, in, a rapid increase there. Uh, you, have, you have different uh, events that happens. And uh, often those events are related with uh, geopolitical uh, things or uh, technolo technology uh, that's uh, improving or changing. Uh, for example, AI. Um, 
but also the, the, the Russian-Ukraine war, which, uh, which of course is also changing the cybersecurity landscape. Um, and then you have uh, all kinds of regulations uh, that uh, that come in. And of course, I, we, I work for a bank. We are highly regulated. Uh, uh, we are also under supervision of the European Central Bank. Uh, so there are a lot of, uh, of security requirements. And not only from, uh, from a regulatory point of view, uh, we see also contractual point of view, uh, more and more requirements. Uh, we have SWIFT, uh, we have Baconic, uh, which is imposing requirements. Um, which is, of course, uh, uh, we are putting uh, putting things on the table. Mm. Um, what do you think? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's covered uh, most of it. You, you never know what you can expect uh, when you're in cyber, but cyber is also dependent on so many other factors. It's uh, if you see the evolution in, in data analysis tooling in, or in data visualization tooling, it all has an impact uh, on our world because uh, we can now m make dashboards that we could only dream of five or six years ago in real time. Well, it's always been, I mean, as a CISO, the biggest challenge is to have an accurate real-time view, I think, of your environment. I forgot to speak about cloud. Uh, yeah, and then we have cloud, of course, which is completely out of our control out of our control because cloud is owned by third-party service providers and yes we uh, as Wim said we cannot just believe Microsoft or Amazon I'll, I'll use the two big ones on their nice blue eyes that they're doing everything correctly because mm -hmm. uh, they're pe they're human too so they're gonna they're bound to be ma making mistakes and if our business essential processes are running in the cloud and suddenly the cloud is unavailable yes guess who's gonna get blamed uh, <laughs> and it's not only the cloud itself it's also the interface to the cloud which is even more important i think yeah. yeah i think that's the biggest paradigm shift from when i started is when i started we had like security was like the the middle ages was like you build a wall around your uh company then you put you put a a river or a canal around it and then you put i don't know some some more physical security around <laughs> make it, it but unaccessible to make it unaccessible but nowadays from day to day where your data is changes it, and it can change in the blink of a second uh, i'm not going to say that this happens at uh, your uh, client uh, your employer but i know lots of businesses where the business has a credit card and they suddenly buy i don't know dropbox i'll use a big example uh, service and suddenly put their data in dropbox and all of a sudden company's data is in Dropbox, well, typically the CISO has no idea yeah. that this happens. Yeah. But you also mentioned the regulations. So what do you think is like the biggest challenge in implementing uh, laws and regulations? I got this question also from uh, from management in the, in the previous years. Um, till now, I must say that regulations or contractual requirements or uh, legal requirements they help in uh, building a safer environment. So in that sense, I don't see regulations or others or the other requirements as an extra. Um, till now, I think it's more in line with what's already requested from a risk standpoint from uh, that to make a bank more secure. Um, here and there, it goes more specific, and maybe uh, the how, uh, uh, how you implement it is maybe a bit different than you first intended to do so. But in the end, it's, uh, 
it's I think it's really helping. Um, of course, uh, one of the one of the things is uh, the the amount of of regulations make that yeah, the requirements is sometimes a bit different here and there. So maybe the same requirement, but slightly differently written, slightly different interpretation. And that would be a good idea to align all those uh, <laughs> regulations. So it's uh, that uh, much, yeah. Then the same, the same goal, but uh, also the same formulation. Yeah, Mark, you you obviously agree. How does that work for you uh, at Ordina? Yeah, it's the same thing. I think regulation is something that was desperately needed in cybersecurity. I always uh, tell my younger consultants, like when I was young, a long time ago, cars. They didn't have seat belts. When you wanted a driver's license, you would just go to the community hall and say, I want a driver's license. There were no tests. But it resulted in when there were too many cars, too many accidents. Mm -hmm. And I always say cybersecurity, we have science society has a moral obligation. Also, not only companies should man manage their risk, but society should manage the risk for regular people to use these networks to do their day-to-day -day transactions or to even do their work. So for me, legislation can only help. But as I, Wim said, yes, uh, consistency in the legislation would help a lot. And uh, yes, we're now hoping that within Europe, with uh, NIS2 regulation, that there will be more of a consistency because they saw with the NIS1 that they didn't have consistency. But it's all wait and see. Now, also of importance, the role of government of social impact, because we're talking about laws and regulations. How do you see the role of the government in the field of training or especially does government mainly have to uh, inform? Is that their task? After all, a safe cyber secure world is a team of national importance. So what is your uh, personal opinion on, on this, Wim? What do you think? Well, well, for me, it's it's about collaboration. I think NIS2 is uh, also addressing that point, uh, how how there is more collaboration, uh, not only amongst companies, but also uh, with uh, with the government. Um, yeah, to be honest, I think uh, the Belgian government is, is playing a, a good role there. Um, it's it's informing. Uh, we have the Safe on Web, for example. We have the CCB websites, which is containing uh, quite a lot of information. Uh, we also saw with the uh, Log4j uh, incident, for example, in uh, uh, two years ago, that um, yeah, also the government plays a, a, an important role in exchanging information. Uh, um, and that's not only the Belgian government, of course, but also uh, European governments. Uh, uh, I know that, for example, we went looking in the, on the Dutch government side to see, okay, which information is there? How can we react? A step-by-step -step approach. So yes, uh, aligning uh, companies, aligning uh, different uh, government instances, I think that's, uh, that's a role they have to play. Um, and uh, also uh, protecting uh, on a central base. Uh, we have the CERT.be, uh, which is uh, is playing a role. And I know that uh, uh, they play also a role when, when companies are uh, are having uh, problems. Um, so, yes, I think uh, it's a good evolution, but of course uh, we, can, we can do better. Always, Always Mark. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, Mark? at Ardina to reduce the social impact of cybercrime as much as possible? 
That's a big question. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, there's not much an individual or a company individually can do to reduce the impact of, of, of cybercrime. Uh, what we what we can do is uh, we uh, use uh, a concept internally, which is called uh, a bit of very nice name, secure by design, meaning that everything we do for our clients, there is a security component in it. And uh, for instance, when the client uh, is clearly not taught about the security aspects of, let's say, the application they want us to develop, we will tell them that these there are risks involved with, uh, I would say, digitizing this uh, data flow and or if they are not looking at the privacy aspects of the of the application, because I think it's uh, not only our legal, but also our moral obligation as a service provider uh, to give as much information as possible to our clients. Uh, we can make the decisions for them, but we can inform them. And I always say uh, as a CISO, ultimately, uh, I don't know if you uh, disagree with him, but you're not a decision maker, you're a decision informer. And as long as you give the best information possible, that's all you can do. Yeah, informer, but of course, it's also expected to give already a recommendation, a recommendation in solution. Huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's clear. Now, just to get on with that awareness, um, your employees, of course, have to be aware in the field of uh, cybersecurity. Is there anything that you would like to add about uh, this particular topic? I think it's quite important. I also, our CEO has stressed that uh, it's, uh, it's uh, quite important that everybody is, uh, is aware on, on security. We have the slogan, security, my responsibility. So everybody in the company is responsible for security. It's not only the security team or the IT team. So if everybody in the company is uh, it's important to, to protect her. They are, they are at the, uh, actually the first line uh, of, of defense. Uh, uh, so yes, we stress a lot on, uh, on, on that, on, on awareness. Uh, of course, not only during the security month, uh, but uh, we have uh, regular uh, yeah, uh, things uh, that we post on the on the internet. Uh, we have uh, classical training. We have uh, phishing awareness, uh, where we uh, put a lot of stress on. So, yeah, awareness is uh, is there. We have even uh, now a, a mascot uh, that uh, that we used. It's called Gaston. <laughs> um, so that uh, yeah, we have a, an image of okay, this is uh, this is about security. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah. Gartner this year, I heard uh, something that was a bit demoralizing for me when they said that in a study, uh, they uh, they saw that uh, 91% of people or employees of a company that did something against the security policy oh. knew consciously that it was against the security policy. So they were aware that what they were doing was increasing the risk oh. for their company, but they did it anyway because it was easier for them. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's so why we say it's always about people, processes and technology. Yeah. Or yeah, we're, we're talking about people. It all remains human work. Now, isn't all of that jeopardized with the use of AI because we're looking to the future. How will it work with your departments? Um, will they be influenced by AI? Uh, are, are you already anticipating this? We are watching it. We are following it up. Uh, AI in every conference that you go, there are <laughs> multiple sessions on AI. Of course, it's not only used by us. It's also uh, used by uh, by the by the attackers. Uh, uh, Marco speaking on phishing. Uh, mm -hmm. I think phishing will 
will even increase and will be more personalized, um, really uh, taking all kinds of uh, social media, LinkedIn, but also uh, other social media into account to really personalize the, the phishing uh, email sent. So it will be even more difficult to recognize. So I think that's certainly that uh, one that we have to, to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, on the other, other hand, and uh, yeah, it's multiple discussions uh, this uh, week, uh, last week's also in Gartner. Um, there's a lot of focus on AI and everything that's possible. Uh, on the other hand, we have yeah, even basic stuff uh, to manage, uh, even basic questions which we have to solve right now even without the involvement of AI. Yeah, we're talking about AI with their potential risks. But do you think, uh, Mark, in the context of efficiency that AI can help to solve, for instance, shortages in the labor market? Oh, that's a very loaded question. Because uh, <laughs> how would I say this? I uh, yeah, I'm in, uh, I have a PhD in engineering, so I'm a very scientific background. Uh, so I don't believe that human intelligence can be replaced by artificial intelligence. Can it? Will it be extremely helpful in uh, making things more efficient? Yes, in automating tasks that are done by humans today. Absolutely, yes. Will it replace the people that actually are making the decisions today in the future? I don't think so. So uh, I think it will allow the. We have an enormous shortage in people with cyber knowledge, not only in Belgium, but in the whole world. What AI can allow is that those people can focus more on, uh, I would call it, the value-added tasks rather than the manual tasks that they have to do today. A firewall engineer will not have to go manually change a firewall rule anymore. AI can do that for him, but he has, still has to make the decision that the rule has to be changed, uh, for instance. So it will definitely help. Will it solve? I don't think it will solve. I think the, the shortage of uh, skilled labor, uh, I don't even think that uh, uh, more college courses are, are needed at the moment. Because uh, here, I know here in Belgium, we have tons of them nowadays. It's just that, uh, uh, as we said before, cybersecurity is something that you gain by experience. And you, you cannot uh, educate someone to become an expert when they come out of university, is my opinion. So Certainly not in every domain. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. certainly not in every domain. Okay. So... Yes, it, it will help, uh, but it's yeah the shortage is just something that we will have to live with. I think and we'll have to do, instead of trying to solve everything, we have to focus on the things we can solve, I would think is, is my guideline. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Wim, for being here, and thank you for your insights. And thank you for listening to Chats of Change on Changemakers in a Safer World. If you are interested, check out the other podcasts in the series.